Welcome everybody to another episode of the GW Show. I am your host Marcus Weisner, and with me always is my wonderful co-host, Mr. Dan Gonzalez. What's going on, my man? How's it going with you today? Long live United! Yes, sir. For all you live our pool fans out there, by the way, you guys can eat shit, and you guys can continue to support the absolute dog shit program that will be relegated to Division Two. By the way, hey, guess. Hey, guess who's not walking alone? Mane. <laughs> I tell you what, though, since you guys obviously let United absolutely dominate you, we will be willing to give you a free center back who plays Premier League defense. I mean, there are some. And he's a captain, too. He's, he's a, a captain, captain of a national team as well. He just has a little bit of flaws. But. Yeah, he's broken, <laughs> but, you know, he. You know, we, we got it. We can give it to you at a discounted price with a low price of free ninety nine. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All we want in return. All we want. We're not asking for much. We just want Alison. And, <laughs> and maybe for you know me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I'll take a very firm handshake, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll do the deal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But but on serious though. Yeah. Uh, now that we got that out of the way with United finally winning a legitimate game. Well, actually, I say not legitimate. The first game. Uh, well, like I said, this is no f- – honestly, beating Liverpool for United the way they've been playing, that should count as two wins. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because we were not going to – first off, if we had gotten shut out in this game, our goal of the month would have been an own goal by Brighton in the first game. Man of the match. Just putting that out there. Man of the match is pretty easy at that point, right? <laughs> I want – yeah, right? No, but who was I, – I I just want to put one thing out there. The Jaden Sancho hate needs to stop. And I'm talking to you, Marcus. Mm. It, needs, it needs to stop. He oh. Speaking of man of the match, he won man of the match today. Oh, good for him. I'm very proud of him. <laughs> I don't – I just don't – I'm tired. I'm tired of the hate. He played his normal position, right mid, and look what happened. I, I need to see a little bit more of that, okay? Uh, he thrived. He did really good at the end of last year, too. I'm just saying, Marcus Rashford, Marcus Rashford's back, okay? He is. I mean, he back. played up top, which it looks like that's his. Looks like he hates left mid. I guess he wants to be a striker again. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's where he thrived. That's where he succeeded, and I, I agree with you. But, um, guys, that's not all our episode is. We just had to get that little spill out there for us as United fans. Got to take our small dubs when we can get them. Or actually, in this case, a massive dub. But um, today, our uh, topics of the day, obviously, um, big one, college football is coming back this week. Dan, I'm excited about that. I know this is considered week zero for college football. A lot of, the, a lot of these games this week kind of meaningless well actually they are pretty meaningless but still it's college football week it's to get college game day saturday mornings you know it's back man it's legitimately back i i'm I'm excited i can't wait i can't wait to see lee Lee corso and the boys on saturday mornings i know man it's it's gonna it's that's honestly you know i said college football typically for me um I like to spend it watching a few games. I can't watch all of them, you know. 
when it comes to to me, or at least with you know my wife's sanity for me watching football in the fall kind of thing, I have to pick one or the other as far as sitting down and like not being disturbed. Uh, to me, like I will watch more NFL just because it's kind of like my own like I guess you say thing. But I do still love watching college football, and I watch it when I can. But if I have to pick one or the other, I'm going to pick watching the NFL. It's just – I don't know why, but that's just the way it is. But I still obviously keep up with the boys. But it's also kind of yeah. thing too is, at least from my standpoint, the one thing that always is with college football is, like, I love watching it. But at the end of the day, it's still kind of hard to watch something when you know, like, especially in college football playoffs, that you could pick Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and then you can just say insert blank, and that's your top four. You could put any any team that's even relevant at the fourth spot. Yeah, honestly, they usually give it to, like, some random division winner outside of the SEC in the Big Ten. Or Notre Dame, and then they're like, why did Notre Dame fall in the playoffs? It's like, well... They're independent, and they sucked when they played anybody relevant. So, um, but I guess, you know, obviously before we get into that, um, Dan had his first fantasy football uh, draft uh, just the other day. Um, First, obviously, the first uh, doink is that they had it before the preseason ended. Not his fault. He's not the commissioner. Uh, so, and the commission. I am the. I am the commission. Okay, so double doink. Um, Dan mess- fumbled that one big time. Uh, could have just left that one out. <laughs> but, All right. Uh, <laughs> so okay. Well, let, let me let me defend myself here. Okay. All right. You have the. So, okay. So look, there's only three preseason games as of now. I mean, not as of now. It is. There's only three preseason games. Right. Yesterday when we drafted. Every single team had played except for what's going on right now, which is the Jets and the Falcons, which one team, the Falcons, have nothing to absolutely play for, and then the Jets are resting their quarterback and they're resting all of their veterans tonight. So, essentially, it's a bye week for the Jets. So, I'm not really worried about um, um, whatchamacallit. Not really worried about them at the moment. And then you have next week when, essentially, no starters are going to play because you're not going to risk an injury too before the season. So, yeah, I defend my point. This weekend was the first real weekend. If you really want to draft your fantasy team, do it right now. I'm like, Marcus, who's extremely insensitive and decided to schedule a draft next Tuesday, which happens to be my birthday. No, I'm not doing it. I'm moving. And he has yet to change it because I logged in today to Yahoo and it says August 30th. So, you, I can't. So, I, I don't know if you can, but I'm not able to change it on my phone. And the only way I can change it is on the computer. And I can't get onto Yahoo Fantasy Football by work computer. <laughs> so, that is a bummer. Um, so, I definitely will be changing that, to, that after this episode is done. Thank you for reminding me. I'm just basically going to push it to that. To, the third at like eight thirty at night, and just hope to God everybody shows up. Because that's pretty. Yeah, I mean, one. oh, I also found out too, Dan. Since we're on the fantasy football thing, too, I uh, found out that I have not one but two fantasy football drafts. It's on. It's on the second, so, so September second. 
they are 30 minutes apart from each other. So <laughs> that's going to be fun. <laughs> but um, anyways, so kind of back to the thing. Dan had his first um, draft the other day. And, uh, of course, um, Dan was struggling after the first round. And he decided to call, you know. Oh, my Lord. Um, oh my lord they deci- decided that you know who should i call and, you know if phone a friend and dan said i will phone in the 2021 ride on fantasy football league champion marcus weisner it's okay so he calls me he goes do i need your help i said what round are you on he goes i'm in the second round it's okay you know like i'm not gonna judge the man you know dan's one of, one of my really good friends he's my co-host i, I can't really judge him for it I'm going to hit you with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> so Dan tells me who should he get. And Dan, you know, obviously I, I'll kind of let Dan go through his order, but so Dan started out, he picked yeah. Jamar Chase. Um, we're going to, we're going to get to the, uh, the slippery click of almost doom. So Dan picked Jamar Chase. Obviously you had the what, seventh pick. Is that correct? Yeah. Seventh overall. And some people were sliding. Just, just as a heads up, guys, Christian McCaffrey went fifth overall in my draft. I'm, I'm not knocking, I'm sure I'm not knocking the chub. other. And I'm not mean Nick Chubb. I mean a Chubb. When you saw CMC at five and you went, this might happen. <laughs> Dude. I was, I was getting worried because the first overall pick was obviously Jonathan Taylor. That's like the de facto first pick unless you live under a rock or unless you're a – a Rams fan, and you want to play Cooper Cup first overall. I'm telling you right um, now, Co- I will take this shit to the grave. If I have the number one pick in any league, it's a 10-team PPR, I will not take Jonathan Taylor. I'm taking Austin Eckler. I'm going to do it every time. And if it fails, guess what? I just don't want to go against my 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 belief in my system that Austin Eckler will finish higher than JT in fantasy football this year. And you know the funny thing is? I thought Eckler was – if Eckler was there at seven – I was passing on Jamar Chase and taking Austin Eckler. Oh, 100%. Because he was – so here's how the order went for everyone. It was Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Eckler, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and then yours truly, I took uh, Jamar Chase. Which obviously Jamar Chase is – he's a very good pick. He's probably going to finish – he could finish anywhere between number one to like maybe his – the worst I think Jamar Chase could finish would probably be like the sixth or seventh best receiver, which obviously is not bad because it's still going to be top ten in PPR. But um, anyways, yeah. uh, number you know round two, I believe you picked Javante Williams, correct? Yes, sir. Yep, Javante Williams is a great pick. Um, they pretty much just solidified over there in Denver that that's going to be the guy. Even Melvin Gordon came, and you knew it was true when Melvin Gordon came out and said, uh, "This is Javante's team." This is pretty much how it's going to go. <laughs> I was like, that sounds good to me. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, all kidding aside, after the second round, I believe that's actually when you did call me. Yeah. So, Dan did call me after the second round. He was just kind of asking, like, who should I take here? And it's always better to FaceTime. But, anyway, so he FaceTimed me. And uh, I'll let you kind of tell the surprise of who you got in the third third round and all because some of these picks, man, I was just blown away. Um <laughs> I mean, I mean, kind of long story short, Dan did a hell of a job drafting. Uh, I mean, it's just the way it is. Sometimes, sometimes fucking chocolate chip cookies just land in your lap, and you're like, "How did they get here?" And you're like, "I have no idea." <laughs> but yeah, but they did. 
So, um, then um, I'll take it off from from here for the time being. So, obviously, as we said, Jamar Chase was my first uh, was my first guy. Um, so that with being seventh in the first round, I had an early second, and this I had to disown Marcus because for the most part, I had my players lined up. Marcus was just more of like my. I don't know how you would say he was kind of like the, you know, how like in the cartoons, you had the devil on one side of your shoulder and the angel on the other side of your shoulder. He was the angel. And then me overthinking had the devil side on certain things. Um, so Javante Williams slid to the second round, which is pretty, I thought Javante was going to be a very early, early second round, but like, you know, I was sitting right there in the fourth spot. If he was there, I was taking him. I love the PPR value. I love the, you know, the new offense. He's going to thrive in it. Now, the third round, things got very interesting. I had a very late third round, and I see a particular player sliding, and I told Marcus, I'm like, Marcus, this guy's sliding, and if he's falling to this certain spot, I'm going to take him. Now, mind you, I was having some dinner as I was drafting, and um, I had a drink. The drink had some condensation on it, and I grab my drink, and it's my pick. I go to, I have a laptop and I don't have a mouse for it. I have like a little touchpad and I slid on my touchpad and I clicked and I did not click on the player that I wanted, but it wasn't a bad pick. That third round pick ended up being Terry McLaurin, who I probably would have ended up taking in the fourth round because he was going to slide to me. So Mark, me and I'm on FaceTime with Marcus and I'm like, oh my God, my guy just screwed up because the guy I wanted is definitely not going to be there, even though I have an early fourth. Some people were picking a little hastily. <laughs> I like and... that. And like when... So to kind of clarify, when he took <laughs> Terry McLaurin, he goes, he, he tells me, he goes, uh, I'm going to take a risk here. <laughs> I took Terry McLaurin. I said, excuse me? <laughs> but then he told me that he obviously slipped with the finger. And anyways, <laughs> it continued because I thought that was funny as shit when he said that. <laughs> It was, I was, I, not that I didn't want McLaurin. So the funny thing is my mock draft, my first four picks in the mock draft were the same first four picks I did for this one, but three and four were flip-flopped. In my mock draft fourth round, I ended up with McLaurin. And my third round, I ended up who, I don't know why he was available in the fourth round, but he was sitting in my lap. And I was like, you know what? This team is going to rely on heavy run for at least the first 11 to 12 weeks. And I think you guys know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the man himself, Nick Chubb. That man fell to me in the fourth round. So right there, I just solidified my running back core. And I solidified my receiving core in the first four rounds. And then my fifth round pick. Who was my fifth round pick? Uh, the man himself, oh. Mr. Dalton Schultz. Did I pick Dalton Schultz in the fifth round? Or maybe it was a sixth. Time out. He was 67th overall. Okay. No, no, no. I took D-Hop in the fifth round. Oh, that's right. You did take DeHop, DeAndre I did. I, I did DeAndre Hopkins as a stash away. Which is and then, um, yeah, I, believe if you I did D-Hop. I did D-Hop as a stash away, and then I did Travis Etienne 
with the following pick. And then my next two picks were Juju Smith-Schuster and then Dalton Schultz. Yeah, man. You got some crazy good value for Dalton Schultz. I mean, you also uh, – I mean, you might have reached on D-Hop, but it's funny that you did get him because the guy after you got Hollywood Brown. So he was definitely looking that way, which kind of – it really, it just really worked out in your favor. Um, I, I think my favorite one out of that so far, obviously, is, I mean, Travis Etienne in, in the in the fifth. I mean, it's just that's super good value. But you got to think like he's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be the probably he's gonna be the predominant back. Probably get about eighty to eighty five percent of the carries every game. Um, and that's that's Trevor Lawrence's college buddy, man. Like they're he's gonna get the love for it over there. Um, yeah, and then um, and then I can just I can just run through the rest of my guys. Um, I ended up drafting Aaron Rodgers. Um, I got laughed at because the minute I drafted him, one of my best friends was drafting in the basement. We were drafting at his home, and um, he's in the basement. I'm in the upstairs uh, dining room drafting, and I hear him yell from the basement. Who is he gonna throw to? And I'm like, I'm like, eh, you know, dude, it's Aaron Rodgers. That dude can make a wet napkin, a hundred reception receiver. For real though. So I'm not worried about it at all. Um, to fill out the rest of my roster on defense, I have the Rams. My kicker is Harrison Bucker. He was my guy last year. So I was like, you know what? I need someone for my championship team last year. I need someone. We need to run it back one more time. And to fill out my bench, I got AJ Dillon. George Pickens, the Steelers uh, rookie, who I think is going to be a, a superstar in this league. Um, Alexander Madison, almost guaranteed that man's going to start at least six games with Dalvin Cook getting hurt. I'm not wishing on Cook getting hurt. It's just a very sick pattern that Dalvin Cook's career is on. Um, and then I end up getting Julio Jones and Cole Komet with my last two picks. Obviously, Julio Jones has, you know, Russell Gage, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, paired up with him. So he may not see a lot of looks, but God forbid one of those guys gets hurt, Julio Jones slides right in. That's what I was about to say to you, um, and you make a great point. Uh, the Julio pick is a very safe one because at the end of the day, I mean, if he doesn't get any love, you he was your second-to-last-round pick. And so on top of that, man – you get a guy like you said, if Mike Evans or Chris, or say Chris Godwin is not available week one, if Godwin's not available week one, you got yourself someone who he's kind of creating a little rapport right now with with Brady. I, I'm not saying he's gonna like get like a ton of targets, but he is. It, there is something that's creating over there. There's, there's a, a lot of positive buzz coming down here in Tampa from from him. Yeah, you know we we you know. We know how much Tom Brady loves those KG veteran receivers. So, you know, a.k.a. Randy Moss. Not saying Julio Jones is going to have a Randy Moss 2008 season, but, like, you know, Brady loves experience on his side as well. So That's true. And I'm just picturing, I'm to, picturing uh, that offense of, like, Mike Evans and Julio on the outside and Chris Godwin in a slot. Like, that's just not fair. And on top of that, man, you got to think somebody's got to take – Somebody's got to take the, uh, the 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 care the touches or the catches 
uh, from Rob Gronkowski. You know, Gronk's retired. Uh, I don't anticipate Cameron Brate doing anything. I, I think uh, Cameron Brate's going to be more utilized as like either like a safety blanket, maybe for uh, like you know three to five yards here kind of thing, like like a spot receiver, red zone. Or well, I think more so maybe about sixty percent of the time as as a blocking tight end. I, I don't. I think this might be one of the few times that Brady doesn't have a. Uh, a legitimate tight end. I, I do think I could be wrong, though. I do believe that they did sign Kyle Rudolph, um, but not not a lot of nothing coming from down here in the in the training camp. But overall, man, Dan, very very nice job on the uh, the draft. Um, uh, I have another. I have another one next Sunday as well. I have a I have like a string of like three or four consecutive weeks of drafting not complaining it's a fun time of the year but you know now my my weekends i gotta set some plans <laughs> oh 100 percent um i've got i think i've got two on the tw- one or two on the 28th i've got a couple on the friday and the second ours is on the third and i think i have one on the fourth i could be wrong i think i'm in like five or six leagues this year i like to do that though i just love the drafting part i pretty much set the lineup for, mo- for most of the week I don't sit here and tinker and kind of second guess things. I stopped doing that from last year and it kind of it worked out really well. I set the lineup after Wednesday in the waiver wire and I just leave it leave it be. And if and if my uh, sleeper app tells me somebody's out or questionable, I might pay attention to it. Otherwise, I just set it as is and go about my day. That's usually the the best way I've been able to do it, at least from my point. So yeah, no. I- and then, um, you know, obviously me and Marcus are in the league together this year for the second year in a row, so we shall see how that's going to work out. Absolutely, man. Besides, that's going to be a really cool league, I said. You know, the league that I'm running, um, a lot of guys that I was in the military with um, or just overall, just everybody, obviously, everybody in that league I, I'm really close friends with, really good friends with. Uh, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good time for sure. It's going to be a good time. I'm really excited about that one. So, um, yeah, man, um, on to our main main event of the topics today, uh, college football, again, as I mentioned. Uh, college football, the week zero, as they call it, is starting this, this Saturday, August 27th. Um, kind of a string of games that are going to be this week, almost more of a preseason or kind of a, the, the quote-unquote bigger teams. Not really a whole – there's no ranked teams playing this Saturday. Um I believe the the first ranked team that's that's playing is Thursday, September first. Uh, Oklahoma State and Pitt and Pittsburgh both play at the same time at seven p.m. Uh, Eastern on Thursday, the first. Uh, other than that, uh, Dan, honestly, there's not a whole as far if you're looking for like marquee games uh, for this com- this upcoming Saturday or the weekend or general. Um, Big programs. You got Northwestern, UNLV, uh, Florida State, North Carolina, and then I mean the the primetime CBS game at ten thirty at night is Vanderbilt at Hawaii. So I, I, overall, which I'm very much looking forward to. Just totally planned. Really? <laughs> yeah, man. Let's go Commodores. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I, I mean, Dan. Overall, um, I, I, I'll start with you. Obviously. Um, Florida State fan, you know, ride or die through it all. Uh, as as expectations, as, before we obviously get to the AP poll, 
um, with the top 25, things like that. What are you expecting from uh, the Knowles this year? Um, I really hope and pray they get a bowl game. <laughs> you know, we, um, we've been down in the dumps the last few years. Uh, a lot of coaching change. Ever since Willie Taggart took over the program, it kind of went to shit. Uh, Mike Norvell took over, and it's you know we 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 see some spots. There's some spots, obviously. You know, Mike Norvell, former Memphis head coach. You know, he put Memphis on the map. You know, they had a very good football team. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some there's more bright spots with Norvell than there ever was with Willie Taggart. Um, I obviously miss Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher had Florida State on top of the world when he was there. Um, but my expectations for this team this year is, you know, just we have a veteran quarterback in Jordan Travis who's been growing every single year. Um, we have a really good recruiting class coming in this year. Now, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this year, actually. You know, we have, um, you know, Duquesne. <laughs> Just for uh, just just for uh, you know, funny purposes, Marcus pronounced Duquesne as Duquesne. Which, by the way, also did you know that that is the that is the first D one college to offer Bryce James a scholarship? You mean Bronny? No, Bryce. Did they really? I didn't. Just, I didn't see. I thought it was Bronny. Nope, that was today, actually. So kind of an ironic school to kind of mention not once but twice. Yeah. Never heard of him. Oh, never knew it. Sorry, uh, my uh, bachelor's degree is not in English, as far as my uh, concentration of it. It is finance. It is numbers, not names, not pronunciations. It is literally numbers. <laughs> so <laughs> that is why. Yeah, um, they open up with Duquesne on this Saturday. So I mean, hopefully we don't pull a Jacksonville State and get embarrassed. Um, but, you know, this team's returning some good guys. You know, we got Steven Dix Jr., Micah Pittman, Winston Wright, Johnny Wilson, Jared Verse. The, the defense should be very good this year. Um, I'm big on the running back, Trey Benson. I think he's going to have a really good year for us this year. Um, you know, this this team, you know, Florida State is always going to draw in good recruits. It's a historic program. We've had some great walk through here. You know they, you know they've won national championships. They've been in the national spotlight. They're going to be in the national spotlight for years to come because I honestly fully expect Florida State will eventually become an SEC team. Um, you know, with all this conference realignment bullshit going on. Yeah. So you know, Florida State will always be in like the limelight. Um, hey, by the way, <laughs> did you know that according to the schedule that. Uh, the game against LSU uh, in in uh, the dome over there uh, mm-hmm. is considered a neutral location. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking crap. N- yeah, neutral, my ass. Yeah, we're playing a neutral neutral home site <laughs> just happens to be. It's by the way, it's neutral, but it's twenty five minutes down the road from where we're at. <laughs> It's not in it's not in Tiger Stadium, but it's in another very loud stadium. Yeah, exactly. Oh, by the way, it's consider- it's called the Allstate Louisiana Kickoff. Yeah, that is a neutral location, all right. 
they should have just done the cow the freaking where they do uh whoever plays the uh there's always like a game like the first two weeks of the year they go down into AT&T Stadium and play there that would have been neutral site like a that like uh you know, playing in Dallas or something, you know, where it's kind of close for both teams. I, I tell you what, how about um, um how, how about next year they just go to Jacksonville and play in the Jag Stadium? I think that's going to be a uh, neutral site as well. It's only like it's only two and a half hours away from Doe Campbell. Sorry, yeah. that far. But um, uh, so I, I mean, kind of to put to put in perspective what you're saying too, Dan. Um, I mean, I think. Six wins is definitely feasible with the schedule, right? I mean, it's it's got to be right. Um, it's very possibly they have a they have a tricky um they have a very tricky like middle of the season. You know, their their October is difficult. Their October uh, Wake Forest comes into town. Now, mind you, this is all pending. Um, obviously, Wake Forest has a star quarterback, Sean Hartman. Uh, he left the football team for personal reasons, and no one knows what they are. So, I mean, hopefully, he's hopefully he's okay and he's able to come back. He's a I thought he's a hell of a talent. Um, not that I thought I think he is a hell of a talent. Um, and then they go at NC State, who are ranked thirteenth this year, and then they come back home to face Clemson right afterwards so like those three games are very tricky they face georgia tech and then they had to travel down to miami to face the u and then they face syracuse louisiana lafayette who is a very decent team and then they host the gators so florida state has actually a florida state has a very difficult schedule this year i mean that's that's every year you know when you're like i said when you're in the limelight you're gonna face some of the elite teams It's true though, man. Um, but I still think it's. I think that they they have the opportunity to be bowl eligible. I mean, they've got to be. You can't you can't be Florida State without being bowl eligible. That's just kind of the way it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. I mean, there was like a stretch. I think I forget what the actual number was, but it was like thirty plus years of bowl eligibility. I think bowl it was like eligibility. Something insane. Yeah. I mean, even though some of the bowl games were like, you know, like the, the air conditioner bowl and, you know, the, the bed frame bowl, <laughs> you know, it's like you're, you're playing postseason football, you know, they won the national championship and then they were one of the first four teams that participated in the first ever college football playoffs. So, you know, they're also the last team to win a championship before it became the college football playoffs. Yeah, they won the last BCS game and. That was a freaking amazing game. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I never forget that game. I know, man. Me neither. But um, all right. So kind of going to the uh, the AP poll here, man. Uh, just kind of want to break down the uh, the overall, you know, just the overall standings of it. I, I mean, the number one through three is pretty much what anybody would have it, right? You know, Alabama one, Ohio State two, Georgia three. Four and five have me really questioning people who watch college football. Clemson at number four does not make sense. And Notre Dame being five, that does not make sense either. I don't know what I don't know why these people why I mean Clemson was they were not ranked last year. I don't I've never seen a team that performed the way they did 
the year prior and jump to number four in the preseason AP Top 25 rankings. It's because I, of the recruiting class that's coming in. I mean, but it's but you typically, though, I mean, but you're looking at, like, teams like, I mean, Michigan was top four last year. It was, it was the, the – they were actually number three team, and they're eighth. I – you kind of have to give a little bit of respect for that kind of thing. Like you can't put a team like Texas A and M. A and M does have a good recruiting class, but they also have a really they they did really well last year. They, I mean, six is definitely. I, I don't know. I still I'm still really disagreeing with the whole Clemson thing at four. I I mean I don't know how you think Dan. I mean you might think that otherwise that you think this is a this is a good move or a good spot. Um, what's your Kind of like, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, the one I really question is Notre Dame at five. Right. That's the one I really question because a lot of changes happened in Notre Dame. Obviously, Brian Kelly went on to LSU. Um, I love their new coach, uh, Freeman. I think that was a hell of a hire. Uh, it, he was able to retain a lot of the recruits because – when Brian Kelly left and Mark and Coach Freeman's name was out there, you know, people were like, you know, Coach Freeman needs to be like the head coach, yada, yada. Even recruits were saying it. And that was a smart move by Notre Dame. If you want to retain your recruiting class and there's recruits clamoring for this guy to be the next head coach, you do it. Um, Texas A&M, I feel like, should be ranked fourth, in my opinion. We saw the recruiting class that they're putting together for this year and next year. Mm-hmm. And I think they're primed for a huge season this year. I think this is like the beginning of like a big, big, big run down in College Station, Texas for um, Jimbo Fisher and the boys. Um, the one team I fell in love with last year, and actually, I want to say, I don't want to say last year, I want to say the last few years because this team is always in the thick of things. They always, you know, I don't want to say run their conference, but like they, play, they always play so well. They recruit well and they win a lot of games. It's, Miami. It's the Utah. It's the Utah Utes. <laughs> I'm, I'm ignoring your comments. Um, it's Utah. I think Utah's primed for a, a big season. Um, this is, you know, they have they have a prove it game. September third, they go to the swamp and face Florida. Ooh. So you know that's a that's a prove it game for them. I do, yeah, they need to start. I do think that they could be the Cincinnati of this year. They could be the team that not you know obviously doesn't have a big marquee as far as like not a sexy schedule, not a Big Ten, not an SEC, nothing like that. The two games, the two there's three games to be on the lookout for for Utah at UCLA. Mm-hmm. The following week, USC comes in, and we obviously see how revamped USC is. Yep. And then the second to last game of the year, they have to go at Oregon. Yep. But they had they they beat Oregon twice last year. They beat Oregon at home, and then they beat Oregon again for the for the uh, conference championship. So I mean, for the last few years, they've had Oregon's number. But once again, you have to go into Alton Stadium, and Alton Stadium is a very difficult place to play. Um. So like I guess they have a lot of prove it games this year. You know, we'll see. Um, they they return a really solid secondary, a very young secondary. I think both of their safeties are sophomores, but they played at a high level as freshmen last year. Um, 
yeah, that they're my they're definitely my team to look out for. Um, obviously USC. We could talk about USC for a little bit. Um, it seems that dynasty for like the early two thousands, without the impermissible the impermissible benefits, <laughs> it looks like USC is back. They were able to get Lincoln Riley and every single Oklahoma recruit that they tried getting. <laughs> Which, by the way, kind of crazy thing. Um, I had seen that ever since Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams made the transfer over to USC, um, they have jumped up. I think it was. 26 spots in the, in the in their overall ranking since then so that goes to show you that um sometimes coaches and quarterbacks matter and uh this is a uh, like you had mentioned the 2000 the early 2000s vibe with matt leinard and reggie bush that era is this might this not that won't be that kind of era because that time frame for college football man I don't know about you, but me personally, probably one of the greatest times for college football probably ever. Maybe just me. I mean, they had the most electrifying college player that I've ever seen as Reggie Bush. Yeah, and on top of that too, that I, the, the Rose Bowl between USC and Texas is still one of is still one of my favorite games I've ever watched ever. Still considered, Ohio still considered the greatest college game of all time. It was a fantastic game, and you know, like as you mentioned, um, USC, the, the other side of the factor there in Texas. While Texas is not doing anything probably relevant this year, very very soon when they get Arch Manning down there in good old Tejas, will they become relevant again? Because at that same time, they are going to be in the SEC and, and they are going to be competing with the big boys. Um, that is a team to watch out for for the next couple of seasons. But obviously, we're talking about this season here. Uh, but let's kind of go back to you know we were at seven with Utah, um, Michigan eight, uh, Oklahoma number nine, and then Baylor. Baylor rounding it off at, in the top ten. Um, any of those three teams that I mentioned: Michigan, Oklahoma, Baylor. Are we looking at anything? You know, possibly two of those three teams tip have or. Oklahoma's always been kind of mentioned in the uh, as a wild card, essentially for the AP top twenty or the the top four for college football playoffs. Uh, Michigan, do you see them coming back? Do you see them being Ohio State this year? Do you see them doing anything relevant again this season, or no? I think they'll be decent, but um, this Ohio State team this year is going to be an absolute unit. I think Ryan Day made a massive point when he was like, I don't care if we won 10 games, we lost to the team up north. And that's that's he said that's our focus again this year. I was like, man. Because, I mean, you got to think, when was a, the last time Michigan went to Ohio State and won? It has been a very long time. That that game right there, Dan, that game kept Jim Harbaugh in, his, in, in that job. Yeah, and then they won the Big Ten championship, and they went to the, you know, they were, I mean, they were completely outmatched against Georgia, but then again, who wasn't last year? Yeah, that's, I mean. No, they, they made they made even Alabama look kind of pedestrian. <sighs> yeah, that was a really good defense, and um, I love how, though, that, I, I love the excuse, though, that Saban had put out with, with Bama saying, oh, we were in a rebuild year. 
Like, no team goes to the cha- national championship game, loses, and goes, this is my rebuild year. Like, that's not... That either happens. shows how great they are, or how big he just of... really couldn't... Ex- or he just couldn't really accept the fact that they lost. That's like if Tom Brady went to the Super Bowl with the Patriots and goes, and loses, and goes, yeah, we were just rebuilding. Like, no. No. Absolutely not. It's just a Pittsburgh excuse. I mean, I will say this though, those two teams we just named, none of them are gonna are both of them are not in my. Uh, they're not winning the national championship. Who? Okay, are you talking about Bama and Georgia, or? Yeah, they're not winning. Really? You think Ohio State? Yep. That's fair though. I mean, honestly, I'm picking Ohio State. Okay. CJ Stroud, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr. I'm God, telling you bro. that that offense is going to be ridiculous. And um, who's the other kid they have? Uh, Fleming, the other wide, Julian Fleming, the other wide receiver. Yeah, that, man. They, this team, this team is going to be on offense. They're going to average at least sixty-three points a game. Five <laughs> <laughs> is sixty-three. Dude, they're going to be so good this year on offense. You know, if they're all healthy this year, mm-hmm. we saw Jack. We saw Jackson Smith the jig, but that guy destroyed the Rose Bowl. He almost had 300 receiving yards. I think he might have actually yeah. gotten 300 receiving yards in the so. Rose Bowl. Either 300 receiving or just, yeah, he might have gotten close. But I think he actually broke the record, did he not? Yeah, he broke the Rose Bowl record. Yeah, yeah. I mean, kind of doesn't matter if it was under 300 or 300. He still owes the, he still has the record, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's and he's, you know... He slated as the team's number one, yeah. obviously, after that performance. Yeah. So, kind of going back to the uh, AP 25 again. Uh, starting at number 11, uh, the Oregon Ducks, led by Bo Nix. Maybe Bo Nix. Um, there's a little quarterback carousel competition still over there. More like Bo Picks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Oklahoma State, uh, number 12. NC State, number 13. A little surprise there. Uh, 14 USC, as I mentioned, uh, with the with the uh, recent transfers of um, uh, they're Lincoln. too low. What's that? They're too low. U- USC. Yeah, that team. They're they're going to be sniffing the playoffs if they're honestly. I think that they're there. Just, I mean, as long as Lincoln Riley's their coach, that's another team. Their offense is going to average like 50 points a game because yeah. we saw what he did with Oklahoma. Oklahoma had a very bad defense, but they got a tremendous offense. Mm-hmm. It's completely different this year. He has a very good offense and a very good up-and-coming defense that's only going to get better next year with the incoming recruiting class. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. Um, number 15, Michigan State. Um, number 16, Miami. Uh, 17, true. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, 18 Wisconsin, 19 Arkansas, and 20 Kentucky. Um, outside of USC, Dan, from 11 to 20, uh, do we see any of these other teams potentially sneaking up to the top 10? I don't see for, for see any of them maybe flirting with the top above top, or like the, you know above top 10, but like maybe like they hit like eight, nine, or 10, but nothing above seven. Um, but any of these teams that you could see trying to make a run at the college football playoffs? Uh, I mean, the obvious answer is USC. Right, yeah, um, outside of USC, though. Um, 
Pittsburgh always plays really good football. I'm just not sure. And they have Keaton Slovis at quarterback this year, the USC transfer. So I'm not really sure how it's gonna, how that's gonna work out. Right. I mean, they've got a um, pretty. Their Pittsburgh, schedule is Pittsburgh like easy. Pulls, Pittsburgh always pulls out like some really good um, football players. Well, the thing I, I, I pulling up their schedule right now, Dan. What you said, Pittsburgh. Uh, their schedule is. I'm gonna tell you right now, uh, they don't play one single ranked team. As I, oh, I'm sorry, I take that back. I apologize. They're they don't play a ranked game until the last game of the season at Miami. Other than that, West Virginia, Tennessee, Western Michigan, Rhode Island, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Louisville, North Carolina, Syracuse, Virginia, Duke. Like very very weak schedule. If they have any chance of being in the top ten, uh, they that probably Tennessee game. That Tennessee game is gonna be really good. Yeah, that could that's that's their uh, first. Um, that's technically their week, quote unquote week one Thursday, September first. They play uh, home against West Virginia. Not a bad first game to start off with, but they're like then they go straight into at home against Tennessee. So that's a little ACC SEC game right there. Uh, yeah, I mean like Virginia Tech is going to be a challenging game, and at UNC might be a, a trap game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, after that, I mean, they have to go at Miami at the end, which I think could be like their, their make or break. That depends on how Miami does. If depending, if Miami just sucks and just shits the bed at the end of the season, it, that game I mean, really have, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? They have Mario, they have Mario Crystal Ball as their coach. So I think they're, I think Miami might be another team primed for like a really good year. Yeah. I hate to say it. No, I mean, it's true. Staying in it, but. <laughs> it, it, but or the, or it could be like an I would say overrated, but it could be another one of those things where like okay, well they got a, like the great coaching staff, and you know they made a lot of improvements in the off season. But we know Miami's track record hasn't been something great in the in the ACC. Uh, it really hasn't. So it's it, their schedule overall. Like it just obviously because we're on the topic of Miami, uh, they play. Uh, um, Nice. Oh shit! Uh, week three, they play Texas A and M, and then their last two games is Clemson and Pittsburgh, and then obviously they got Florida State week and uh, November fifth. Um, so I mean they've they've got a couple really e- I say easy opponents. They've got a couple opponents that they could lay the lay off the gas a little bit, but then they got to turn right around and you know get things going if they want to. If they want to be in the top ten, easy. They gotta they gotta be A and M, Clemson, and Pittsburgh. If they beat those three teams, they could be in the top ten, no problem. I don't think. But obviously, that I mean, if they lose to like Middle Tennessee, they're done. Or Georgia Tech, they're done. Yeah. Um. So I. I mean, I kind of have to agree with you on that. I don't. NC Oregon might. They might do something. Here's here's where Oregon always loses. Here's the oh, whenever they ooh. play Stanford. Okay, well here's the thing, Dan. Week one, Oregon plays Georgia. Okay, so that's their first one. So <laughs> it, that's that's, all, that's loss. well, that's a thing. Losing to Georgia week one does not hurt them bad because they're losing to the number three team in the country. You know what I mean? And the defending national champions. Exactly. So let's say if they lose it, if they're ranked 11th, they might go to 13th or 14th. You know what I mean? It's not going to like impact them where they're going to drop in the 20s, unless they lose by like 40, 30 or 40 points. They don't uh, have an easy schedule. They have, they have to go. Oh, 
Is it at Georgia or is that a neutral site? Uh, it's neutral site. Oh, it's in the Mercedes. It's in Atlanta. Oh, shit. It's, it, that's not neutral. That's not neutral. They need to find the... the def- they need to look up the definition of neutral. Georgia playing in Atlanta is not a neutral site team just because it's like maybe 100 miles away from Athens, Georgia. That does be, not mean it's a neutral site team. It's an in-state game. That would be like, that would be like te- Texas playing in AT&C Stadium. That's not a neutral site. It's not neutral, or like, or like the Arizona they Wildcats playing at the they, Arizona Cardinal Stadium. To, they need to reverse Florida State and LSU, and then Oregon and Georgia switch stadiums. Georgia and Oregon play in the in the in the Superdome in New Orleans, mm. and then Florida State and LSU go play at the Mercedes Benz Dome. That's neutral site. Yeah, exactly. Neutral means that both, in order for it to be an evenly matched, non-favorable game, it should be as close to 50-50 as possible, which means neutral. You don't say neutral site and put it in the location where the damn school is from. Even though they're going to label it as neutral site because they're going to limit the amount of tickets sold to each fan base. Yeah. Okay. Which is which I think is horse crap. <laughs> um but anyway, so they it's at Georgia. They like get a, a little retrieval at. against East Yeah. Emphasis <laughs> on the at um Eastern Washington. They've always they've always been a really decent division two football team. Never counted out. Um and then BYU comes into Oregon, which I think can be very tricky. Um, this is BYU's first um, year as uh, I think they're Big Ten for the first time this year, right? Or is it next year? Uh, next or Big year. Twelve, I meant Big next, Twelve next year. They go in, they go in when uh, Cincinnati and uh, uh, UCF go. Okay, um, but BYU always been a very decent uh, football program, and then I always say they always lose to Stanford every single year. That Stanford game kills him every time. Mm-hmm. Oh, breaking news. UCF is playing a neutral site game at Raymond James Stadium. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's it's legitimately like if Rutgers was playing at MetLife Stadium. <laughs> That's not neutral site. It's just a 40-minute drive I mean, from Ray- New Brunswick I mean, to, to, to East Rutherford. I mean, USF does play all their home games at Raymond James. So, like, that, I mean, that pretty much is where they, their site is. And then... Miami plays at Hard Rock, so it's like, oh, oh, breaking news: the uh, University of Miami is now is now having a neutral site game at the Miami Marlins Stadium. Yeah, right. That's like literally a few blocks away. Which, uh, which b- by those numbers would have the all-time uh, attendance there of six thousand people. <laughs> yeah, really, right. <laughs> The only uh, time, the only time that stadium sells out is during the World Baseball Classic every four years, or when. <laughs> yes, that's true, bro. Dude, <laughs> the only time, the only time that <laughs> no fans were allowed in baseball, <laughs> and the Marlins make the playoffs, so nobody could go watch them play. <laughs> only the Marlins could Marlin like that. Oh, who has, who has the worst attendance, the Marlins or the Oakland A's? Ooh, I think it's the Marlins. To be honest with you, 
I mean, we're not really trying to go too far off topic with baseball, but I really got to Yeah, no, we're, just, we're just making making jokes here. <laughs> I really got to know, though, man. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, the, uh, make, go, through, go through who you think is going to go to the college football playoff top four. I will go look up the MLB attendance numbers. Okay. Uh, well, we did kind of. Uh, I'll also do this. Uh, rounding off the, uh, the the top twenty-five. Uh, number twenty-one, Ole Miss. Um, as we all know, that typically that's some years, bro. That's a trap game for Alabama. They typically all they always compete and they fight. And, oh my god. Okay, now continue. Uh, they they fight and compete with Alabama. Uh, number twenty-two, oh Wake. Number twenty-two, Wake Forest. As you said, their starting quarterback is currently out. Um, it's not. So, from what I read, Dan, um, he had a medical procedure um, and is stating the Privacy Act law that is not stating what happened to him or what procedure it was, but stated, quote for quote, that it could happen to any of us. Not really sure what that means. It's super vague, but uh, like you said, um, I did— I'll tell, you all I, fair. I'll tell you all fair what I think it is. Um, I did see <laughs> that—I I did see that uh, the, co- the head coach there did say that they are expecting him to come back the middle of the season— We'll see what that goes. Um, nonetheless, hope it works out for him. Everything's good. Uh, number 23, Cincinnati. Uh, this is probably going to be the first team to fall off the top 25. Uh, they lost a lot of key pieces last year, man. You know, Desmond Raider's not the quarterback no more. Sauce Gardner's gone. Lost Let's a- go. Sauce season, baby. Um, um, Ahmad, <laughs> um, his name now is Ahmad Gardner until he earns the name Sauce. Um, no, but, it's always Sauce Gardner. Shut, shut your mouth. That's what I mean. That's I, I saw Jet Jets beat reporters say that. Look, don't blame me. I'm not a reporter. I'm just reading what I see. If on it Twitter. was if if it was Connor Hughes, it doesn't count. Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. I I saw something. It was, it was Zach Wilson's girlfriend. I don't know. It was, I thought it was his mom or something. <laughs> but anyways, um, the Mormon milk hunter. <laughs> number twenty four, Houston. Uh, Houston typically always is in that like. They're always in the top twenty-five, but they don't. They don't. I just really... want to say, Houston, Houston, rejoice because you're gonna have a football team that's moderately successful this year. Yeah, I, I they, they they could make some noise, uh, pull up the schedule right now, Dan. And I think um, they play in NRG Stadium too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. They uh, so it looks like October twenty-second they play at the Navy. Uh, it looks like they're playing on a cruise ship, but it says neutral site loca- <laughs> located. I'm not really uh, sure off which the coast of Annapolis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah they're playing on a ship. I'm not really sure what which ship it is, but I don't even I don't even want to know what that was. Um, but all I know is that might be a soundbite for something later on for the for the show. <laughs> that was just me. That was <laughs> that was me throwing food away. Oh well, it fell out of the trash can, and I put it right back in, squished it down a little bit. Oh, okay. Well, thank <laughs> you for thank you for me and the entire audience hearing that. Uh, but to round the top twenty-five, uh, BYU, um, Zach Wilson University. This this team, BYU, just like Houston, always seems to kind of be in that top twenty-five, but doesn't. I mean, they'll probably be there by the end of the season. They could be a team. I mean, they, they their schedule. I mean, they've got oh shit. I mean, they their middle schedule. They got Baylor week two, at Oregon week three, and then they place October eighth home against Notre Dame. The following I think they play an independent schedule. 
And then they also play – I think they are independent, to be honest with you. No. Um, and then they also play Arkansas the following week after that. And then they play Boise Jeez. State and then end the season at Stanford. That's um, not an easy schedule at all. No, man. That's what I'm saying. They are a uh, – yeah, they, they are um, – BYU is independent, by the way. Look, if you're independent, like Notre Dame is, you have to play these type of games that BYU's playing. Like Notre Dame lately as independents, they don't play Michigan anymore. They don't play Michigan State anymore. The USC rivalry is basically a dud. Maybe not this year, but like the last few years has been a dud. Oh, well, um, I mean, they, they, they start off week one, bro, against Ohio State. Who? Oh, Notre Dame. Oh, like I said, like it, <laughs> lately they haven't played like those meaningful games. Like, you know, like every game of theirs used to be like a – you know, battle also, for this, battle for that. They've got uh, – they play, obviously, like I mentioned, Ohio, Notre Dame plays uh, first week at Ohio State, and then they go to BYU later on. They play Clemson. Um, and They then, play an ACC schedule and then without they, being ACC. I mean, but it was Ohio State, Marshall, California, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Clemson, Navy, game played in neutral location. What but, is the neutral location somewhere in Indiana for Notre Dame? And, let me see. Is it in the Colts Stadium? Um, it says M&T Bank Stadium. Who are they playing? Uh, Notre Dame versus the Navy. That's a Navy home game. They're me, in Annapolis. Let me know. <laughs> that game is at that's Baltimore. Yeah, that, it's a navy. It's a navy home game. That's not a neutral site. <laughs> oh God! Are you serious? Annapolis yeah, yeah. to Baltimore has to be no more than an hour away. Yeah, I just checked it. Maybe less. Yeah, I just checked it. How far is the drive from Annapolis to Baltimore? Um, double check here. Annapolis uh, to Baltimore. Um, that is a solid 40-minute drive. And that's neutral site. I guess if it's I guess if it's 30 you've if it's 35 got to be away. fucking kidding me. You've <laughs> got to be fucking kidding me. Breaking news, Florida State is playing in, in the swamp as a neutral site location this year. Might as well, right? Might as well go play in Jacksonville for a little bit. <laughs> Might as well, dude. Like the one game I consider to be a, a, a true legitimate neutral site game, Florida versus Georgia in Jacksonville. That is a legitimate, That's... true – that is a legitimately true neutral site game. Isn't it the same distance from one another? They are prob- – it's probably a plus or minus 30 minutes. But even then, it's still like in the state of Florida. Yeah, Exactly. So, but yeah. Um, it's the world's largest cocktail party. No one gets drunk at that game. It's not fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only fun watching Florida get beaten down for four quarters. <laughs> um, but yeah, so pretty much after Navy, they play Boston College and then at USC. So, and then I guess Boston College is at Fenway Park. <laughs> neutral site location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right? They're playing at Gillette Stadium. You know what would be a good neutral site location? Notre Dame versus Boston College in Ireland. That's neutral site. Yeah. Oh, hey. They, Do they... it right there. Do it right there because you know what? There's a shit ton of Irish people in Boston. 
and Notre Dame's name is the Fighting Irish. Go oh. over there. Do do like they did a few years ago where they actually played in Ireland. Oh, it looks like that's the USC. That's a neutral site game at USC is playing at the Coliseum this year. <laughs> that's actually their home stadium too, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> they might as well be playing at Dodger Stadium. Oh, but it's but oh, yeah, it's... no, guys. Chavez, Chavez Ravine with LA traffic. That's four hours. That's neutral site now. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Jesus. They need, they need to really figure out oh, actually, the true according, meaning of neutral site. Oh, actually, according to college football, because it because it's it's a six-and-a-half-hour drive from where USC is to the Coliseum and a four-hour flight from Notre Dame to the Coliseum, that's actually considered a home game for Notre Dame. Oh, <laughs> fuck me, right? Excuse me, <laughs> oh, yeah, and and, and 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 Syracuse driving from upstate New York to play a bowl game at Yankee Stadium is neutral site. <laughs> Got copy, <laughs> understood. Oh man, I love it though. <clears throat> but um, well, yeah, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. The Yankees have won two games in a row in August. Sky's falling down. And and Manchester United beats Liverpool. It's a wacky Monday. Wow, I'm impressed, man. They, they beat Max Scherzer. Jesus Christ! So <laughs> like yeah. tomorrow they're gonna get no hit by Jacob Degrom. But yeah. anyway, um, the do you want to do your top four or you want yeah. me to do my top four? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I, I'll let you pick top four. Um, oh, by the way, the college football playoff game playoff games will be neutral site as well. So. Yeah, if USC makes it, it's going to be in the Rose Bowl. Oh, um, my God. Just, <laughs> did they do that, though, where it was like, yeah, Alabama played theirs last year in Atlanta? Like, oh, that's a – yeah, that's a neutral site. Where is it this year? I just want to – oh, yeah, you know, I think the championship game is in Miami this year, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, too. Maybe. I think it is. Maybe. I mean, I mean let me just make sure. I just want to, like, make sure I'm in – before I go on a tangent here – Um. Yeah, fuck me, right? I guarantee you, in 2023, when USC has their whole recruiting class in, the national championship game is at SoFi Stadium. <laughs> hey, hey, 2024, it's in Houston, so uh, A&M confirmed. Yeah, exactly, when their recruiting class comes in. And then 2025, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it's going to be Georgia versus Alabama again. And 2026 in Hard Rock. So, uh, Miami, you're on the clock. <laughs> um, so, I'm going to say my number one team going into the college football playoff. Not I'm going to say my number one team is – my number one team, but the number one seed, I should say, is going to be Ohio State. I okay. think from top to bottom, this is one of the most complete teams – in college football, I think, like I said, their offense is going to be crazy electric. Yeah. And, um, you know, not really much said. You know, they had, they had a lot of young guys last year. Mm-hmm. They still won the Rose Bowl, which is tremendous with all, like, the young talent they had around them. Yeah. Someone actually had the audacity to say that Ohio State had a disappointing year last year. I'm like, listen, if you win the Rose Bowl, congratulations. That's, that's the granddaddy of them all. You won the Rose Bowl. Someone actually had the nerve to say because they didn't finish top four, they had a down year. I'm like, dude, I'm like, 
Stop talking out your ass. Um, my number two team will probably be Alabama. They'll find a way. Alabama can finish the year eight and eight, and they'll still be a top four team. <laughs> um, number three, I'm gonna stick to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Number three, I think that's a that's a good spot for them. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say they're gonna have a down year, but like I think they're gonna get tripped up somewhere along this year. I think one team is gonna come out and just stop them in the mouth or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four, my number four team is a ruffles of feathers. You may call me stupid. You may say that I don't know the sport. But for some reason, every single time for the last few years, the number four team has been a quote-unquote at-large or another conference champion that's not in the SEC or the Big Ten. And I'm going to say that the number four seed this year is going to be the Utah Utes. Yeah, I think you said that earlier. Um, I had them as like a kind of like a, you know, I, I love how they play type, you know, yeah, and I kind of detail that they have some they have some games this year that are very tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but the last the last few years the la- the 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 number four seed was an at large bit. Hell, Bama won the national championship at the four seed, and they they had a you know kind of hope and prayer that they were going to get in that year. Um, I don't know. I I love that program for Utah. Um, I'm very high on them every single year. They actually won me some money last year too against Oregon the first time around. Um, hey Dan, I, yeah, Texas A&M versus Arkansas Razorback is a neutral home site at AT and T Stadium. Nothing shocks me anymore. Is that serious? Actually, <laughs> yeah, that's actually serious. <laughs> Are you what? <laughs> I, oh god! I need to. I need to. I when we get off. I'm going to look up on Google, how does college football constitute neutral site? Like, what is their definition of neutral site? Anyway, I think the, and, you know, we're going to get a, re, we're going to get two rematches in the college football playoff. Uh-huh. Ohio State will face Utah, which is the last, which was last year's Rose Bowl. That'll be a rematch. And then Bama versus Georgia. For the seventeenth time in ten years, they're going to somehow meet up again. <laughs> and um, I'll take Georgia again. I think the I think the national championship game is going to be Ohio State versus Georgia, mm-hmm. and I think Ohio State's going to sneak it out. So I okay. I have Ohio State the national champion this year. Hey, those are fair points, man. Those are absolutely fair points. Uh, top four for me, man. Uh, I'm going to kind of stick. I don't want to. Be the person, but I'm just going to stick with it. Uh, Alabama, one. Ohio State, two. Georgia, three. I think the AP top 25 is it's probably going to be as consistent as it is right there. Um, and I think my number four team is going to be Texas A&M. Wow. You have three SEC teams in the playoff? Oh, man. <laughs> That's going to piss everybody off. ESPN's going to have a field day with that one. <laughs> yeah, you're going to piss off a lot of people if you do that. Oh my gosh! I mean, but but honestly, like I said, they. I mean, Clemson, they're going like, to push. If, I don't want to interrupt. I don't know if you've won last time here. If that happens with three SEC teams, the college football playoff committee is going to have major pressure to extend the playoffs. 
I mean, because okay, so looking looking at the rest of the, the at least the top ten, I don't really have a lot of faith in Clemson being there. I I just don't. Like I said, literally, even you could say the recruiting class, you could say they got a bunch of new freshmen. Everything you could say about it, college football is still college football. They, if they're ranked, if they're ranked fourth right now and lose any one of their games, essentially outside of maybe Notre Dame, their season's done. Um, Notre Dame at five, they're independent. I don't give a shit if they go undefeated. They don't deserve to be top four, just because they've done it every year and every time that they are, they lose by thirty-five plus. Count me out. Texas A&M is one of the few teams that actually legitimately competes with Alabama every single time they play against them. As a matter of fact, they beat them last year. Yeah, they beat them last year. And they still didn't make the top four. Which, I mean, whatever, you know. Uh, Utah Utah is one of the few – one team that, Dan, obviously, you had mentioned is your number four team to be in there. Uh, again – they have to go completely undefeated. Not only undefeated, but they have to just absolutely obliterate everybody for the committee to do. Because you got to think, the committee is going to be shell-shocked from putting Cincinnati in last year. They're going to be shell-shocked to think, do we put a, a non-Power like 5 team in the, in the top four this year? They're probably going to say no. I guarantee you, Dan, I, I guarantee you that if, oh, if you put this – Utah will go undefeated. If they go undefeated, they will be fifth. They won't be top four. The top four teams, three of them will have one loss. And Utah will be fifth with zero zero losses. If that happens, they're going to push for the – they're going to push for the the expansion. It's going to happen. My only thing is – It's going to happen. My theory, they put Cincinnati because everyone was – Everyone was clamoring for Cincinnati to go toe to toe with, you know, the big boys. Everyone wanted Cincinnati at the four. So I think my my conspiracy theory is the CFP put Cincinnati at the four, so they had to face Alabama, and they put them up against Alabama to prove a point that these non-power conference teams just can't compete. And there's no point in putting them in the college football playoff because of what happened. They yeah. got toasted by Alabama. And I think the playoff committee purposely put Cincinnati, not that Cincinnati didn't deserve it. They did deserve it, but they were like at five the whole time. They yeah. were not in the top four, even getting into conference championship weekend. They were at five. And I think, you know, with the public pressure saying like, you know, we want Cincinnati, we want Cincinnati in there. The CFP is probably like, okay, cool. You know what? We're going to put Cincinnati in there, and we're going to show you why they can't run with these guys. And they were kind of right. I mean, it was it not was that brutal and, but I was to watch, man. It was like, oh, my God. I mean, God. I was calling for it. I really wanted – I kind of wanted to see it too. Because the thing, the thing was, man – it, 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 was... If Cincinnati had lost by like three points, they would have proven a point that like, yeah, we can run with them. But they lost like twenty six or something. Well, the shit part is, man, is Michigan deserved to be that number one seed that season. They are at the, at the point they deserved that number one spot, and they literally did the shit to have Alabama and Georgia play each other in the national championship. It Dude, was it, it puts asses it puts asses in seats. It was a hundred percent. That's exactly what happened, Georgia, and they were and they literally. The thing is with the thing is with Michigan, they I knew. When they face Georgia, I'm like, Michigan is not going to be able to hang with these guys. And, you and know, it's true. You know, Georgia's defense locked them down. Do you know, like, you know how they knew they 
realized they screwed up by doing that. As soon as those top four came out, they immediately came out and said, we did not make the rankings to make Alabama versus Georgia the the game we wanted. It's like, but that's, you ex- sold yourself. But that's exactly what happened. Like, it should have been yeah. because they wanted that to happen. Because you know – if Alabama, let's say Alabama Georgia played in the semifinal, and let's say Michigan would have went to the national championship, like you know, let's say it would have been boring. Georgia would have smacked them. He would have been like, "Oh, this is a boring national championship." Like they knew what they were doing. Maybe Actually, both teams, both teams would have smacked them. Alabama would have beat the living hell out of Michigan. Yeah, but, but kind of going to the Michigan topics. We're on Michigan right now. Um, only way I see Michigan dropping into the top, is hopping into the top four is if they beat Ohio State and go to the Big Ten Championship. But even then, Dan, I think that even if that does happen, I still think that if if that were to occur, uh, there could be a possibility that we might see uh, Michigan and Ohio State in the top four, and you could have Bama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia. Not like in that order, I'm just saying, but just those four teams in general. Yeah. That could happen. I'm not saying it would, but and then you'd have two rival games in the semifinals, and people are like, "Oh shit, this is actually kind of cool." But uh, and then that way, the national championship clash, best of the, the conference, the conference is conference, yada yada, whatever. Uh, Oklahoma nine, don't really see them dropping top four. I mean, pretty much after that, it's yeah. So t- I think Texas A&M has the best, has at least to me, the best plausible opportunity to be the four spot. If they beat yeah. Bama, then they pretty much have it locked in as long as they don't fuck it up and lose somewhere like a game that obviously doesn't matter. Excuse me. A game that doesn't matter. So, um, other than that, Dan, um, college football, man, like I said, starts the 27th. It's considered week zero. First, like, ranked games are the following week on September 4th, uh, Labor Day weekend. And, yeah. Hey, we've made it. I am excited we, we about it to, college we, football. We made it to football season. I didn't know how we were going to do it. I thought uh, I thought it was going to take a lot longer than it did. But, um, yeah, here we are, bro. And uh, I'm excited. Uh, and also, too, as far as with us making podcasts and things like that, the episodes, makes it easier because football is our primary sport and brings out a lot more content that we would like to have. Very true. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to sign off for the evening here. Um, Dan, as always, much appreciated as always, bro. Uh, hell of an episode, as always, again. Uh, this episode will definitely be aired tomorrow um, around, you know, in the morning time of Tuesday. And then uh, Wednesday for our fantasy football episode, we're going to be talking quarterbacks. So uh, make sure that you're uh, staying tuned for that. And then also, uh, if the time permits um, – might have some uh, some do's and don'ts for for fantasy, especially since uh, this is the, the the big weekend. This weekend and the following week are the big weekends or the big time frames where a lot of people are doing drafts. So um, other than that, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And if you have anything or if you want to be on the episode, as always, reach out to myself or Dan or, re- or just um, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, it's typically our big social media area. Um, at the GW show one, that's the number one. And, uh, yeah, and that we will see you guys later. Adios.